it's a World Cup special. We've got so many guests flying in and out of the country. We take a little bit of time to sit down outside of the studio and just talk shop, shooting the breeze all about their careers. So nothing about the future, nothing about analyzing matches. We have Marcus Babel here to reflect on what has been a stellar career. And it's still going on, possibly in terms of management. We'll touch on that later on. Let's go back to your early days, Marcus. Were you always into football? Yeah, um, this is the sport what I love. From as a child, we played the whole day outside um, on the on the streets, and, and and we had a great enjoyment there. And then went with seven years in, in a hometown club um, because I was asking my mom, "Can I play in a club?" And she said, "Yeah, of course you can." And yeah, to be fair, I was quite good. Uh, so we you must have been. <laughs> yeah. So I was, uh, yeah, top goal scorer, but I was a defender. But uh, was too boring uh, in the back. So I went forward, scored many goals. And then Bayern Munich saw me. Um, we played a tournament two times against them, and yeah, I did quite well. And then they were asking me, if, I think I was 10 years old, uh, if I want to come for a training. Um, I didn't want it, but my father said, "Hey, you go there." You train with them. If you're not happy after 14 days, you can go back. So after 14 days, I found out, hey, I'm not too bad. Um, the players, they like me because uh, they saw I'm not too bad. <laughs> and yeah, moved with 10 years to, to Bayern Munich. Um, played the whole youth there. And I never expected to be a professional because there were so many good players. And uh, I only enjoyed to play with my mates. That was the, uh, the best thing for me because we played great tournaments um, in the Easter break and against big teams, Man United, Barcelona, uh, whatever. And I enjoyed it, you know. I always said, oh, Mamma Mia, if, if I could play in the second team, that would be fantastic. Mm -hmm. But I never expected to be a professional because they were so far away from, from uh, in my opinion. And um, yeah, and I had the luck. I got the chance in the first team and I took it. Were you a Bayern supporter? Um, to be fair, as a, if I was young, I was a big HSV supporter, Hamburger SV, in the big time in the 80s. They had an unbelievable team. They won the, the Champions League with uh, Felix Magath, uh, Horst Rubisch, and they were my heroes. And the problem was, I couldn't say I'm a Hamburg supporter because in Munich, you are Bayern Munich or 60 Munich supporter. If you say, because Hamburg is in the north, 800 kilometers far away from... from it's, it's where Keegan went, right? Yeah, exactly. Yeah. Uh, Kevin Keegan was playing for Hamburg. And if I say I'm a Hamburg, I got smashed from Bayern Munich uh, friends or uh, 60 Munich uh, friends. Um, so I was uh, always in my side, uh, okay, I'm Hamburg, I'm happy if they're winning. And then I decided, uh, okay, I'm Bayern Munich supporter yeah. because... Um, Many friends of mine, there were 60 Munich supporters. I, I don't know why, maybe the red shirt. I love the red shirt. And I said, okay, I'm by Munich supporter. And to be fair, it was not a bad decision. No, it certainly <laughs> wasn't. Who was your idol, though? Did you have an idol? Um, not really an idol, but uh, of course, I was looking uh, like Felix Magat, uh, Horst Rubisch, uh, by Bayern Munich, Klaus Augenthaler. Uh, he was a, a top defender. Uh, I love to watch him, how he's playing. And uh, but it was not an idol. It was just a. Hey, 
I like him because the, the way how he's playing, I love it. Yeah. I remember talking to Stefan Freund and he was born in East Germany and he was raised in East Germany and life was very different for him. Were you conscious of this before the Berlin Wall came down? Because the Stasi wanted him to spy and, and do all these things. It was mad. I was living too far away from, from uh, this area. Um, so, uh, of course, you, you know, uh, German uh, DDR, uh, the East Germans, um, but I, I never came in touch with them. Uh, so for me, so we were West Germany. Um, there was, yeah, there was uh, the country where I live, and uh, and of course, if I saw the pictures, then uh, if the wall breaks down, that was very emotional because um, uh, I haven't seen this before, yeah. and uh, and I recognized this because I was 20 years old. So I, I, I saw, hey, what's going on there? And and the people are so happy because in this time you only had heard bad stories about them because there was the. This is the East Germany, there to Russia, and, 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 and yeah, the politic was, was uh, uh, always telling bad stories about yeah. them. And then I met my, uh, the first player who moved to, to, uh, to Munich uh, from East Germany, and hey, he's okay, he's all right, he's speaking the same language like me, and he's, he's a top guy. And the funny thing is now, one of my best mates in football is Jens Jeremies, he's yes. also from East Germany, and so we had uh, many conversations about the East and the West, and, um, and, but he's one of my best mates now. He must have told you stories about what life was like for him growing up. Yeah, but to be fair, he said uh, his life wasn't bad because he was a good footballer, so he was in a, in a program in, in East Germany, and he said, I had a good life. So uh, everything was there. I, I, I could play football, I could do everything I want. So for him was not a, a, a bad life, uh, even or was more a problem if you are a, a guy who thinks a bit different, you know, if you have a... Because they could see the West channels, the West television, and they were jealous because they're, they're, they had nothing. And, and they see all the things, what, what's happening in Germany, in West Germany, and, and they were jealous and, and they said it. And then they came in jail because uh, was, was some guy in, in the family was spying out him. Very strange. Yes. Very tough, hard time for them. And I'm really pleased that the world breaks down and we are one country now. One nation, Germany. Um, were you always a defender? You said you played at the back, but you were running up and scoring lots of goals as a youngster. But did you start out as a defender? Because I don't think many people do. People usually they say you tend to get moved further back. That's what they say, yeah. but I don't know if it's the case of you. I was always playing in the back. Always? Always. Were always. you big? I was a big fella, yeah. Um, always in my age, one of the biggest. And, um, and we don't have it anymore, but in my time we played with Libero. So huh. two, two center backs, Libero, so three in the back. Now you say three in the back, this time I was the Libero. And yeah, I was good in this position because um, I wasn't the hardest center back because I, I could play football. And that helps me later on in, in if I was playing as a right back because um, I could play football. And um, in the end of the youth, uh, uh, Hermann Gerland, he's now the assistant from Hansi Flick in the, in the World Cup. And he was my coach and he said to me, listen, Marcus, and there was, we're talking about the under 19. He said to me, 
if you have a look in the Bundesliga, how many Liberos are playing in your age? Then I start thinking, uh, no one said, yeah, that's the problem. Because this is a position for older players. They can't run in midfield anymore, but in this position, they have the eye, they have the experience, they have the technique, they will play there. So you have no chance. If you want to come in the Bundesliga, you have no chance if you stay on this position. So you have to learn centre-back. Yeah. So then we started to, that I played as a centre-back. In the beginning was quite strange for me because I, I never played this position before. But I adapted quite quickly and um, yeah, there was... Uh, I, I thanks God he, that he was telling me this because um, yeah, I started my career in, in the Bundesliga as a centre-back. Who's the greatest libero for you? Yeah, Franz Beckenbauer, yeah. the Kaiser. Yeah, of course. I just best. needed to check. Yeah, just needed yeah. to check. And uh, also Klaus Augenthaler. He, he played libero. That was the reason why he was one of my idols. Um, because he played this position, uh, in my eyes, uh, outstanding. And for me, it was clear if he is playing for the German national team 1990 as a libero, they win the World Cup and mm. they won it. True, very true. Um, but Beckenbauer, I mean, he was. Oh, yeah. yeah he's I had the luck to have him as a president, as a manager. Um, what a fantastic person. If, if he comes in a room, the sun or the lights go up. This is unbelievable. His aura is unbelievable and one of the yeah, most impressive person I met. Really? Yeah, he's uh, unbelievable. I never had this feeling by another person and uh, I learned uh, many famous people, uh, um, met many fam famous people, but he is by far the most exciting person. Because yeah. when you think of footballing icons of yesteryear, I met one. When you, I mean, we're talking the biggest names. The only one I, I, off the top of my head that I can remember meeting was Pele. Oh, okay. Pele here yeah. in Malaysia. Really, it's just fantastic, man. Really nice. I think they're very similar, yeah, um, uh, because they're playing together in yes. Cosmos, New York, and um, these are guys. Um, they're, they're so up, top over the roof. Um, they have so much aura. They're because they they want everything, and and and, but they're they're not saying, hey, I am the best, I am the king, I am the Kaiser, whatever. So they're they're normal. And this is what I love. They say thank you. They say hey, good morning. How are you? They are so 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 kindly. This is unbelievable. Yep. Anybody you want to meet that you've never met that you just want to shake their hand and say hello? Yeah, maybe Pele. Pele, <laughs> Pele never for met you. him. <laughs> but I think he's similar to Franz Beckenbauer. Yes. Um, um, maybe a bit nearer. Which player? I had a friend meet the late Maradona. I, I, I met him once um, because Lothar Matthäus gave his last game and he was, he was uh, invited and uh, of course, he, what a player. And, and, but uh, I couldn't speak a lot with him because he, uh, uh, he, he, was, uh, he didn't know where I am. And yeah. <laughs> he's so, so, so a big man. And nah, um, to be fair, uh, I'm happy with my life. I, I, I'm not a type of person, I, oh, I have to meet him or... Uh, Nah, if, if it's, uh, if, yeah, if, if you come together, perfect. But I know I'm Marcus Babel. Uh, yeah. I'm a, a normal person and uh, I try to be good to all the others and, and that's it. You certainly are up to that. 
Uh, well, I'm sure you've heard stories about youth systems in England and what the culture was like. You know, you have to clean the boots, you'll get tips. Christmas, you get even bigger tips, hopefully, if whoever's boots you're cleaning are nice individuals. Cleaning the stadiums, cleaning the toilets, all of that. Is it the same growing up for you in Germany in the Bayern youth system? Is it similar no, to no. England? No, we, we didn't do it um, because uh, the professionals, you know, they were training in the morning. We came late in the afternoon, so they were not training anymore. So, so we, 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 we did, I think, thank God we didn't do it, <laughs> didn't want to do it. It's character um, building. But though, if it was snowing, so we had to clean up the, the, the pitch. That's what we did for the professionals um, because uh, uh, some, some training session got cancelled because we had to put the, the snow away. That was, that was our work. And, um, um, I, I saw it in England. Yeah, you can say this. This is important for young players. To, I'm not sure if, if this is the right treatment for for young players. Now, from I don't know, all the coaches I've spoken to, all the ex-players, they say you don't want everything given to you too fast. Now you can have a 17-year-old who's never played with the first team driving a very fancy car because they're paid so much. Yeah, Back then, you learnt. What, what a pound in the currency actually was. You know, you, you earned your stripes. You did the hard yards and it built character. Do you think that's possible now? Probably not. No, this is mission impossible now because uh, I, like, I don't like the, the, the way how the football is going, especially with young players. Um, this is, uh, in my eyes, is not the right way because if you give uh, a 15, 16 years old guy uh, so much money, this is, they think they are superstars and they haven't played one game in the first team. But uh, even Bayern Munich is doing now, pl taking players from, from different countries. Now is a, a guy coming from, from Atletico Madrid, uh, he's 16 years old and, and for me it's, uh, it's, it's not the, the right way. Let the kids stay at home. Let them play for their hometown, uh, hometown game. Uh, and, and I don't like this because um, you have to earn, oh, what's the English call for it? You have to earn the right, the right way. You know? Work hard, be disciplined, uh, give everything what you have. And, and if you, yeah, the way is, in my eyes, not a good way. Yeah. Because you don't have to talk about it if you don't want to, but I'm looking at the fact that you have an adult child, but you also have a very young child. And I'm sure you've seen the differences in when your eldest, your oldest was being raised to now. It's such a different world. I was talking yesterday to Danny Mills, and we were talking about the, the past, you know. And, and I always hated as a player if the, the, the generation before said, ah, in, in our time, everything was better. No, it wasn't better. It was different. But... If I see the Premier League in our time, and if I see the Premier League now, it's for me totally different. Mm. Because you have six, seven teams, they have top players. But in our time, even Bolton had a fantastic team. They had three, four outstanding players there. That was the reason why it was so tough to win this league. And now you have to battle uh, Man United with uh, Chelsea, with Liverpool, with Man City, with Arsenal, maybe Tottenham, and that's it. And in, in, in our time, there was uh, even the, at the bottom of the table, the teams, they had fantastic players. And now if you watch the bottom of the table, 
there are not many top players playing for them. And um, this is, a, in my eyes, is is not the, the right way. Even in the German Bundesliga, you know, Bayern Munich, they have top yeah. team. Then maybe Dortmund, they have a couple of good players and the rest is, they, they, they can't win the league. This is not possible. What is it, 10 years in a row now? 10 years in a row. And, uh, and if, if I was playing in, in the Bundesliga, we had a top team. Borussia Dortmund had a top team. There were four or five different teams who can win the league. Even Kaiserslautern, they came up from the second division in the Bundesliga a year later, they won the league because they had a very strong side. And this is what I miss a bit now um, because the, the, the top teams, they buy the best players. It's an imbalance of money, particularly the exactly. Premier League compared to everybody yeah. else. And in it Europe. started with the Champions League. You know, the, the money came in the Champions League and now it's getting more, getting more, getting more. And now it's for, for a smaller team nearly mission impossible that they win the league. It was for me, uh, I was celebrating if Leicester won the Premier League because no one expected that they can do it. They did it. And I was celebrating because for the next, I don't know, 20, 30 years, we're not seeing it anymore. Yeah. It's in, uh, this is completely off topic to your career, but I'm also looking at the fact that we talk about bottom teams in the Premier League, but they can still afford players which other countries' teams can't afford. You know, we're saying they're not as good as a Man City player, but we're talking about Tyler Adams at Leeds United. You know, Coutinho, who on his day can be very good, playing for Aston Villa, who are not a top six team right now. It's just the money coming into England. It's just the England. money, yeah, exactly. It's and of course, yeah, good players are there, but let them play in their in their home home cities. Tyler Adams, I understand. He is playing in, in or he comes from from USA. His big dream is to come to Europe. I understand this, yeah. But uh, if I see uh, Chelsea, their squad, I think 60 players are there, 40 players somewhere on loan somewhere. This is not the right way. Or they, they buy all the young, good talents, and then they bring them uh, go one year on loan there. And one, this is not all right because the young one, he's maybe in in Holland, maybe in Belgium, in Switzerland. They earn so much money; they have to do it, even if they haven't played one game for the first team. But they have to do it about the money, and this is not the right way. Just. And these are leagues, you know, they are fantastic for young players. Uh, play in Belgium, play in Holland, play in, in Switzerland, in Austria, wherever. Get this, this uh, man's football in your body. Play two, three seasons there, get 100 games in your body, and then go for the next step. And now they're going with 15, 16 years to, of course, if, if Man City or Barcelona is calling you. Uh, It's hard yeah. to say no. It's very difficult to say no. And then you see the, the money in your home club, you maybe get 500 euros and then you get 50,000 euros. Yeah, of course you do it. And, but it, I think it is not the right way. And, and, but now it's, it's, it's so a battle about the young players. And I said to, uh, I was talking to ex Bayern Munich player, how many players come from the youth in the first team? Musiala is, the, is, 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 uh, is an example, but he's the only one. No one is coming up because if, if If you have, if you are a coach or if you are the manager from Bayern Munich, as example, you have 18, 20 top stars in, in, in your squad, and then you have to t say, hey, the 18 years old guy is playing in front of you, you get a problem in, with, in your team because mm. if I'm a national team player and I'm not playing, I got angry because I, w I want to play because I think I, I'm better than the other. But 
this is a, a very tough uh, situation for the managers as well because they know if I don't have success, I got sacked. So what is he doing? He tries to bring the best team on the pitch because he wants to stay. And so difficult to bring a, a good young talent in the first team. Uh, I'm not seeing many uh, uh, big clubs who playing uh, many young players. Yeah. There was, uh, we had one guest earlier this season, and I've done some matches pitch side of him, Jody Morris, ex-Chelsea. He was Frank Lampard's assistant mm. at Chelsea. So there was that year where they couldn't sell, well, that window where they couldn't sign anybody. So they had Mason Mount come in, who had been at Derby, Tammy Abraham. They were forced to play, effectively, because they couldn't buy anybody. And look where they are yeah. now, Mason Mount, playing for England in the World Cup. Yeah, but there was a reason there. There was a reason, yes. So, but it but shows there's, there's a potential. Absolutely, so. absolutely. But uh, normally you have to regulate this, you know. I would say, okay, in your squad can be only 30 players, as example, just say a number. Um, and if you want to have another 30, no, you can't, you can't put them under the contract because this is not okay. Mm. Even for the young players, you give, you give them hope. They think, oh, Chelsea is calling me. Uh, they want me because they are telling them, hey, you're the next superstar because they want him. Then they see, okay, yeah, he's a talent, but uh, Mason Mount is better than him. So uh, Mason Mount will play because the manager, he needs his job. He wants to stay. He's not bringing a young one in because the, 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 the challenge even uh, for, for Chelsea is, is quite high because you have, you have Man City, you have uh, Arsenal, you have Liverpool, you have so, so much concurrence there. And hey, you have to finish under the first four teams mm. because hey, we, we have to come in the Champions League about the money. So then a manager starts thinking, can I bring the young one just to, yeah, that uh, our academy is happy that we bring someone up or the, the, the president is happy because we bring one. Or, nah, I have so many superstars, I play with them. Yeah. This is normal. Now you see in England the catchment area and they're giving incentives to families to come into the, to the youth system in their club. It's amazing. It is a business. It's not just a sport. It is a proper business. But quick one. If Bayern and Dortmund were to play in the Premier League, where do you think they would finish? Bayern Munich would fight for the title. Dortmund, uh, they had to... Uh, in midfield. I would say midfield. In, in the middle? Yeah, in the middle of the table, yeah. Rangers and, Scott, uh, Rangers and Celtic? Oh, I've, they would fight for the relegation. Oh, right down there. As the Rangers, no chance. They would go down. Celtic, um, they would fight for the relegation. Okay. Uh, do you remember your debut, your professional debut for Bayern Munich? What was that like, that first season for you? My debut was uh, against Werder Bremen, away from, from home. And to this time, Werder Bremen was a very, very strong side. And in the first team, there were a couple of injuries, especially centre-backs. And under the week, I played for the second team. The first team coach was watching me, and I had luck with Hermann Gerland. He was a, a fantastic guy for me uh, because uh, Jupp Heynckes was my first coach. The great Jupp Heynckes. Uh, great Jupp Heynckes. And he was asking him, can Markus play in the first team? He said, no problem, no problem. Honestly, he will bring his performance. And so that took me with, uh, to this away game. And I was very nervous because it was the first time that I traveled with the first team. And in the morning, uh, Jupankis came in my room and was asking me, um, what do you think? Can you play? 
And I said, yeah, if you think I can play, I think I can play. And yeah, and, and funny thing is, I wasn't very nervous. I was just concentrate on my on my performance. And to be fair, I, I did a good job. Played against Winton Rufer, New Zealand uh, guy, the Kiwi guy, and Klaus Alofs, also a, a 1980 European Championship winner and a big player in Germany. And there were, I don't know, middle 30 and I was 19. Yeah. So kid. they had a lot of experience, and, but I did, I think, a good job and uh, stayed with the team. You said you sported Hamburg. You go out to Hamburg after your first. How did that come about? That was lucky because um, so we had a really bad season. Uh, I started with Bayern in the first team. So Jupp Heinkes got sacked. <clears throat> so then Søren Lerby came, um, played under him as well, and he got sacked as well, and then Eric Rippe came. And to be fair, he wasn't my coach. He wasn't my manager. Um, he didn't like me, I didn't like him. Um, and uh, end of the season, um, yeah, then end of the season, uh, Egon Cordes called me. He was the assistant from Jupp Heinkes. So he got the job in Hamburg as a, as a head coach and he knows me yeah? and he called me, uh, Marcus, uh, what do you think? Um, can you imagine to, to go to, to Hamburg? And I said, hey, straight on, I, I, walked, I walked through. Because first, this is my club. B, I know you, I know you like me. C, um, there's a bigger chance to play a regular than with Bayern Munich because with this manager, I have no chance to play. So called Uli Hoeneß. I said, listen, manager, um, I have the chance to, to move to, to Hamburg. Is there any possibility that uh, I can do it? He said, yeah, are you sure? I said, yeah, I want to do it. I said, yeah, then we will find a, a, a solution. Um, but you have to talk to the manager. <laughs> it was funny that I called Eric Rebeck and I said, yeah, this is the situation. And he said on the phone, Mm, mm, I don't know, I don't know. And I said, Mr. Ribeck, stop. If we are honest, you don't like me, I don't like you. It's fair enough if I go. Ah, if you see him like this, then okay, you can go. So then uh, um, I was one year on loan and went to, to Hamburg. The problem was after six or seven games, Egon Gordes got sacked. <laughs> I was playing regular under him and then um, Benno Möhlmann came and the next six games I wasn't playing, I was on the bench, even I was on the stand. And after six games I went to him, knocked on the door and said, Benno, is there any chance to talk to you? I said, yeah, yeah, of course you can. I said, uh, I want to talk about my situation. If I see the training, I see I'm better than the others. but why I'm not playing. I said, it's very simple, you're on loan. I said, yeah, but this is not my fault. Um, yeah, did you do a another season with us? I said, yeah, of course, because I like it here. This is my club, I love, uh, I love the team, I love everything, uh, the only thing, I have to play. And uh, if this is the reason, I think this is not fair uh, to my side. I said, yeah, if you do another season, then okay. From this moment on, I played every game and I did a second season. What I didn't know, uh, Hamburg wanted to buy me 
for this time one and a half million uh, was a was a lot. Yeah, and uh, but I didn't know it. Um, there was an agreement because uh, about the manager from Hamburg and the manager from from Bayern Munich, and then we played three four games to the end. We played against Werder Bremen with Hamburg. We lost five nil, and Werder Bremen was the biggest revival to Bayern Munich, and the decision uh, Werder Bremen won the title, and. Five minutes after the game, Uli Hoeneß called Heribert Bruchhagen and was saying, hey, listen, what are your tickets? Are you doing there? Your North uh, 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 teams, you, you stick together. You know, they're big revival, Hamburg and Bremen. So, and, and I tell you now, Marcus is coming back. So I had to leave Hamburg and I, I wanted to stay there because I loved Hamburg, I loved this club. And, um, and it was my, my, my dream club yeah, because uh, from, from the US I was a big Hamburg supporter. So I went back and I said, oh my God, I have to go back. And I saw all the good players over there and, and I, still, I was still young and uh, I, I'm not playing there. And Johnny, Giovanni Trapattoni came and in the first five league games I was on the bench, didn't play and I said, oh, Exactly, this has happened. What I was expecting. Then I gave a very nasty interview in the in the in the. In the oh, did you? Yeah, 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 yeah. Because about my situation. Yes. Not nasty about the, the club or about the manager. Daniel. Just about my. Uh, uh, said, yeah, I wanted to stay in Hamburg. Now I'm back for what? And just sitting on the bench. And from this moment on, I was playing every game. And he took the older guy out. And to be fair, he was he was performing. I saw no reason to take him out because he didn't do a mistake. He was he was solid, so he took him out. Uh, then I I was playing and played every game and um, yeah, I was lucky that uh, because it's a different if you play regular for Bayern Munich than to for for yeah. Hamburg, and yeah, and then I, I came to to a national team player. Okay, before we talk about the success you're about to achieve, we're going to take a quick break. More with Marcus Babel in just a moment. What about 99. You know what I'm talking Don't about. Don't talk about it. I, I have to bring it up. <laughs> yeah, I mean, I've, yeah. I've spoken to a lot of players who've played for the Manchester United side. I'm trying to think who I've spoken to from the Bayern. I think there was one. But anyway, uh, you are number one here. What are your memories of that? Um, I'm still angry with myself because I, for me, the biggest dream was always to win the Champions League. Um, was a bigger dream to uh, even to win the European Championship or World Cup. Champions League is, was for me the, the biggest trophy what I can win. And we missed it twice in the semi-final and then we came in the final and I was the whole day so nervous. You, I, know, I, you don't strike me as a nervous man. Yeah, uh, normally, uh, normally and, uh, concentrate yes, but not nervous. But on this day, I was the whole day nervous. There was one of the uncomfortable game what I played. The only thing what was was in my head: don't do a mistake, don't do a mistake. I couldn't enjoy it, and I'm so sad because we lost. Okay, this can happen. So Man United, fantastic club, fantastic players on the pitch. Of course, they had some injuries, but uh, on suspension, but still it was a, a top side on, on, and we were so much better. But we lost. Okay. You have to accept this. This is football. But I was so angry about myself. So I was the whole day nervous. Uh, the whole day I couldn't enjoy it because in my head was only don't do a mistake, don't do a mistake. And we lost. 
I said, next time, if uh, I had not the chance to, to, to come in a final again, uh, a Champions League final, but hey, enjoy it. The worst thing what can happen, you lose. Mm. That's football. There are two top teams in the final. If you lose, okay, you have to accept this. But with enjoyment. I was so angry about myself. Still, till now, I haven't watched the game uh, anymore because I was so upset about myself. And uh, this game, we were the better team. We had created many chances, hit the post, hit the crossbar. Uh, so the ball didn't want to go in. If we, if, we go, if we score the second goal, I think then the game is, is done because Man United was on this day not this good. But if the equaliser, if we got the equaliser, I was just standing on the pitch and I said, no, no, please, not the overtime. Because I was not physically damaged, I was mentally mm. Sorry if I say this word. That's okay. And I was so tired from, from, from just thinking, don't do a mistake, don't do a mistake. And then the second goal came and I, I said to him, thanks God, no overtime. Because I was mentally done and this is the reason why I said I'm so angry about myself that I couldn't enjoy this final because we lost anyway. So we lost. So this is the worst thing that can happen. So if I go a bit more enjoyment in a game like this, because it was my biggest dream to, to win this trophy, and I come with a mentality like, don't do a mistake, always negative. I was only negative, not positive to say, hey, I am here in the new camp. I play against Man United. The stadium is, how good is this? That was my dream. Now I'm there. Come on, let's go. Let us enjoy. Yeah. Nah. And, I think if, if, if I had this mentality, we, wouldn't, we will win this, this game. So I had this negative um, mindset and yeah, I'll be lost. What was the dressing room like after that? Because oh. the way you lost, I mean, it's one thing if you lost 2-0, whatever. You had no chance. You you came so, back yeah. so late on. So you couldn't hear one word. It was silence, uh, very scary silence. Uh, because no one could believe what's happened now. And the funny thing on this story, so uh, everyone was dead, very sad, very upset. Uh, so we went back to the hotel and we had always a dinner after a Champions League game, a dinner with all the uh, yeah, rich supporters, you could buy a, a trip with the team together, with all sponsors, everything was there. I think a room with, I don't know, a thousand people inside. And you know, the half team left the, the, the banquet after, I don't know, half an hour. Mm. <clears throat> and a little group, I was there as well, a little group stand still sitting on the table, then we came together. We start the first drink, we start the second drink, the third drink, and then the music starts to play. And we had the fourth drink, the fifth drink. Hey, it was the best party in my life. We had a celebration, you can't believe it. We were dancing on the table. And I think we were only six or seven players. And we had an unbelievable night. The whole room was dancing. And I can't explain why, because Everyone was so sad because it was the biggest dream to win it. Everyone was so sad and especially what you said, the way we, how we lost yeah. was unbelievable and never will happen again. But then it starts a party 
till six o'clock in the morning, and even the the, the, the sponsors and I said uh, we haven't seen this before. How good was this? So there was a bit of freedom for for mine, but I prefer to get the trophy and don't have a celebration afterwards of because course. because. But I don't know what, what's happened and. Uh, because it was no one who was saying, come on, let us celebrate now. No, we were sitting there, we had a couple or many drinks, and then the music starts and we start to celebrate, and uh, that was amazing. It was a heck of a team, though, you had. That Bayern side really was a special team. I mean, some of those players there. Who, who was the underrated member of your Bayern side, do you think? It's very no. easy to say a Khan and all of that. Yeah, 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 yeah. Jens Jeremis. Jens Jeremis. Yeah, he was not a, because he's your best mate. No, it's not my best mate. Uh, not because he's my best mate. He, he was a dog, and he, he could play football. The, the, the most of the uh, uh, supporters were okay, hard-working player, yeah, but he could play football, and he gave everything for the club. And he is one of the reasons why they won two years later the. The Champions League because he played with a, a knee injury. So normally he couldn't play, mm. but the, coach, uh, the manager said, "Hey, I need you." So he got something Jackson's in, in his knee. He played, and after he had to retire. But he said that was my biggest dream to win the trophy. He won it and retired afterwards because uh, he got so badly injured with his knee that he he couldn't play anymore. Yeah. How did the move to Liverpool come about? It was a Bosman. Trotsky, yeah, it was a Bozeman and um, yeah, as a child I always were looking for, for, for English teams. Mm. We had a sports uh, uh, show, sometimes they showed us for, I don't know, three, four minutes, uh, Premier League, Premier League football. And I was always as a child sitting in front and I was, I was flashed if I saw them. I don't know why. But uh, I, saw, I saw them playing and I was, oh my God, how good is this? And then if, uh, getting older, okay, then I was starting reading and then I love the club names, you know, even Ipswich Town, West Bromwich Albion. They have so strange names yeah. and the Tottenham Hotspurs. Yeah. Uh, I, was, I was really fascinated about them and I always followed them. I always, uh, um, yeah, was very interested in, in the English league and and for me, it was clear, if I go in a different country, then it's only uh, England. Because I love the English mentality, I love, I love England, I, I, I have no problems with the weather, um, because everyone's saying, ah, there's always raining, I don't care. Um, and then the first offer came from, from Newcastle, Newcastle United wanted me, but in this time, my wife was pregnant and there was not, direct flight from Munich to Newcastle, so I had to fly to, to London, from London to Newcastle. And I said, no, nah, I can't do it. Uh, and then the second uh, team who came to me was Manchester United. That was true, because I've read that they were interested. Yeah, in yeah, they were interested. So two guys came over and, and this time I think there was the highest, uh, or oh, what's the English called, they wanted to pay 14 millions for me. Fourteen. Yeah, yeah. When this time was the I would be the, the most expensive Bayern uh, player ever in this time, and but my agent said, hey, "Listen, there's something wrong." I said, "What do you mean?" He said, "Look, they want to pay so much money for you, but your salary is a bit more than Bayern Munich. It's, something is there wrong." 
And so he said, trust me, there is something wrong. Uh, if it's my decision, I wouldn't go, but you have to, to say yes or no. And I, I trusted him. I said no. And then Liverpool came. Mm. And then I said, oh, Liverpool, mamma mia, this is my, my club. If I was a, a, a youth kid, and, and that would be fantastic. And yeah, from the first day on, I had the right feeling. Everything was, was in the right way. And then it's a fantastic story. And I was on the way to, to the airport in Munich, on the way to, to Liverpool, to, uh, to, to yeah, meet all the guys and fix everything. And it was six o'clock in the morning, so I was driving to the, to the airport and my wife was next to me and then we had the uh, radio on, there came the news and oh, sensational transfer is in, in front. Uh, Marcus Babel uh, change, is changing to Real Madrid. Wait, what? That's news <laughs> to you? Yeah, I'm on the way yeah. to the airport to fly to, to Liverpool. And uh, I said, oh, this is very interesting. Yeah? And um, yeah, I told them story, we had all the laugh, and um, then I signed. And it was, to be fair, the best decision I ever made, because Liverpool is special. Yeah, just thinking, Hamburg, Keegan, Keegan, Liverpool, there's a connection there. There's a connection um, there, yeah. I know you don't have an association with, Bayern, uh, with Borussia Dortmund, but they sing You'll Never Walk Alone, don't they? Or? Dortmund, yeah, they're singing You'll Never Walk Alone. And um, yeah, but in many stadiums you, you could hear oh, it. Oh, they do? Uh, yeah, okay, yeah, yeah, not yeah. just them. So, um, but if you hear it from the, from the right ones. Yes. Hui, uh, I always goosebumps every game. Uh, they couldn't wait to get out because sometimes we were in the tunnel. The opposite side wasn't there and, and they started singing and I said, hey, hey, let's go, come on, I want to get out because I want to hear this song and because every home game I had goosebumps. Unbelievable. You're coming in, um, you're German, I know a lot of Germans speak good English, mm -hmm. but I think you've told me before that English yeah. wasn't great. Plus, you have the Scouse accent to deal with, yeah. which can be hard for those who aren't familiar with English. I couldn't speak one word, uh, so good was my English and especially the, the Scouser English, oh my God. And yeah, I had to learn, you know, I had a teacher uh, every day in the training ground. I was yeah, trying to, to learn it. And there was a funny story. I was in the changing room and uh, Robbie Fowler was talking to Jamie Carragher. <laughs> and I was sitting there, listening to them. And then uh, Gary McAllister, Marcus, do you understand the word? I said, no, don't worry, me too. <laughs> then I was, okay, this is a bit of different English, um, yeah. Oh, fantastic. What was your nickname? In Liverpool? In Liverpool. Did you have a nickname? I don't no know. nickname? No, I can't remember. Didn't they have a nickname for Didi Haman? Kaiser. Kai they called him Kaiser. Kaiser right? yeah. so, but you didn't have one? No. To just Marcus? I'm just Marcus. That's yeah. really boring. How, usually everyone gets a nickname. I, I can't remember. And uh, in the beginning, you know, I was, yeah. Um, Babs. I was. Uh, the first game. So I, I was standing still, I don't know, 15, 20 times because I was thinking that's a foul. Because in the Bundesliga, yeah, it's not so hard in the Premier yes. League. And it was unbelievable what's going on. And, and I, I said, where I am, this is not normal here. What a football is this? So second game, exactly the same. Uh, was running, stopped because I was thinking it's a foul. <laughs> the referee has to whistle. No, keep, keep going, keep going. So after, I don't know, the first yeah, 
six, seven games I wasn't good. You know, I was on the pitch, but I wasn't playing well. So I just did my uh, my, my, my job, but that, that's it. And then after six, seven games, I, I can't remember. I was standing in front of the mirror. I said to myself, hey, listen, this is nothing what you do. So now you have two chances. You fight now like their fight or you go home because they pay a lot of money for you. You play like a child and hey, change something. And I was thinking, nah, I don't want to go home. I want to stay. Come on, let's go. And from this moment on, I was playing, uh, I think, my best season ever. There, yeah. Um, from 63 games, I played 60, and uh, we had an unbelievable season. We won three trophies or five trophies uh, with the two uh, after this season. The Super Cup, Super and Cup, that. and uh, Charity Shield, and um, yeah, it was uh, fantastic. Yeah. <laughs> unbelievable enjoyment to play for this club because this club is special. Was it good also for you having another German there, the Kaiser? It helped me a lot, it helped me a lot, uh, especially Kaiser, he, he spoke uh, fluently English, he was absolute uh, in the English community, yeah? because for us foreigners it wasn't easy to get in, in this English group. And, and he, was, he was in, and, uh, so, and he was saying, hey, don't worry about him, he's all right. So, so I had uh, yeah, no problems with them, you know, but yeah, of course, I understand these guys, you know, because uh, there were, I don't know, maybe eight English-Scottish players, the rest were foreigners. Yeah. I think we had 12 French-speaking players in, in, in this squad. I understand them that uh, not, not everyone was performing and ev not everyone was doing well. Everyone did everything for this club because uh, Stevie G, uh, uh, Carragher, uh, Michael Owen, Robbie Fowler, they have the, 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 the sign in, in their hearts, you know, for, for, for them is Liverpool everything. And they can't understand if someone is, uh, if I play is good, if I'm not playing is, yeah. is also good. So they can't handle this and, and I understand this because um, this is also, if, if someone comes to Bayern Munich, uh, we, we had this in, in us because we come from the youth and if someone is not giving everything, we were also angry with him. So, uh, but with Didi, he helped us, or especially me, uh, to get to get in in this group. And and then after a while, they saw, hey, he's good. He brings his performance, and hey, we can trust him. And Didi's someone you've known for a long time, right? Before Liverpool. Yeah, yeah, I know him since I'm ten years old. Ten. Yeah, yeah, he was playing in a, a small team in in Munich. We played. Regular, I was playing for Bayern Munich in the youth. He was playing for a smaller team in Munich. We, yeah, we, we saw us a couple of times in, in, in many games. Yeah, and I always said, "Hey, who is this? He's good." But he was like, a, he was so skinny. Yeah. you can't believe. And he's tall, right? Oh, so he looks he even. Was, uh, just <laughs> he flows away, but you could see he can play football. And then one time I was asking, because he came very late to us, he came, uh, I think in the under 19th he came to us, uh, he said, look, for me it was the best school to play in a, a smaller club because I, I had to learn to uh, get in the challenges right, you know, because I was so skinny, so I, I was not a muscle man, you know, I had to, I had to start uh, to be clever in, in challenges, to, to find a way how can I hurt the opposite side. And, that was the best school for him. And then I said, of course, I wanted to be a professional. Then it was clear I have to go to Bayern Munich. But 
for me, it was clear, till today, till day I don't need them, now I need them, Bayern mm. Munich. And yeah, he, he came to us and uh, yeah, a fantastic player. You don't call him Kaiser though, do you? Nah, no way. Yeah, I was, I was <laughs> no say, it's, it's a bit weird. We if have you... only one Kaiser, this is Franz Beckenbauer. Yeah, I was just wondering if you as a, nah, as a no fellow chance. German. No chance. Do you just call him Didi? No, many, many, many friends of him and, and they say Kaiser to him, but uh, I don't do it. Okay, let's just ignore it and kick on. How special was it to, to get that treble for your season? And what a mad European final that was, by the way. Yeah. A lot of goals. Yeah. A lot of goals. So I think we played in February, February uh, the, the League Cup final. So tough game against Birmingham. Uh, they were a championship team at this time. And very tough. We were very lucky that we won this game. And, but you couldn't celebrate because uh, I think three days later was a, was a league game. Um, so Cheryl Hollier said, uh, only two beers, that's it. Okay. So uh, I know from Germany, if we win something, then it's a big party afterwards. Yeah. Really? Not, yeah, yeah, because yeah, I look yeah. at people like Hansi Flick and he just seems so... No, no way. No okay. way. No, if you win a title, you, you will have fun afterwards. And yeah, okay, I have to accept this. Uh, different country, different rules. So then we played on a Wednesday, the UEFA Cup final. Now uh, we played on a Saturday, the FA Cup final. Okay. We beat Arsenal, I don't know how, but we won it. <laughs> they were so much better than us, but we won it. So after the game, hey, listen guys, no alcohol, no party, because on Wednesday is the UEFA Cup final. Okay, no party again. So we played the UEFA Cup final, we won an amazing game. So I had the luck to, to be on the side who won the golden goal and the silver goal. Yes. So both things, I won it. You got to enjoy? So we won the UEFA Cup in Dortmund, in Germany. Um, how good is this? I, I scored the opener. And after the game, uh, listen guys, two beers, no party, because on Saturday we play against Charlton and if we win this game, we are in the Champions League. So no party again. I said, oh my God, what's going on here? How mad are the English guys? So we played in Charlton. I don't know how we can win this game because I was so tired. Um, uh, everyone was, we were so tired, but we won 3-0. So we qualified from, uh, uh, for the Champions League. <clears throat> then I never will forget this. So we walked out, went to the, the, to the coach and we were driving five minutes. Then we went to a supermarket. And then? A lot of beer in the... Yeah. And how funny was this then? And then we drove home to, to Liverpool, you know, four or five hours, a lot of drinks, a lot of drinks. We went straight to our club, walked in in our tracksuits, we walked in in the club because uh, the decision was, ah, come on, we go home and, and change our club. I said, listen, if we walk in a club, everyone knows us. Yeah. It doesn't matter how we look. You can come in a, in a suit or in a tracksuit. No, no one cares, we, we're Liverpool players. Said, we want to celebrate now. So walked, uh, we drove straight to the club, had a fantastic party. I think I went home at six o'clock. And then they said, next day we go with the, with the coach uh, driving to Liverpool. I said, well, what is this? Yeah. How mad is this? Hey, listen, uh, okay, we, had a, we won a trophy. We won three trophies, but hey, come on, let's go. Hey, steady. But what I didn't know it, 
because if we won the title with Bayern Munich, we had a, we had a market square, 30,000 people were coming, celebrating you because you were on the top of uh, a building. And hey, one million people were on the street. If we were driving to Liverpool, unbelievable atmosphere. And I said, okay, I know this is the right place to yeah. be and how good is this club? And what I didn't know it, you know, Liverpool had this time, I think 600,000 people living in Liverpool and one million people were on the streets. So they came from Ireland, from London, from everywhere they came to, to celebrate us and it was an unbelievable atmosphere. There seems to be something, just talking to you and saying some of these names, Liverpool have a good history of German players or manager. Klopp, you think of that, yourself, uh, Didi Haman. Now I was thinking of your rivals, Manchester United. I think only Schweinsteiger. I can only think of Schweinsteiger. That wasn't a success. No, not really. And, and this, but there's some, I don't know, uh, maybe I'm reading too much into it, but <coughs> Liverpool Football Club have had more luck with German players yeah, or personnel. They were smart enough to, to find the right players. You know, Karl-Heinz Riedley was playing for, for, yeah, for Liverpool. Of course, yeah. Even Eric Meyer, he's Dutch, but he's half German because he played the whole career in Germany and uh, speaks fluently German. And, and yeah, it was a good connection with, with, the, with the German players. That's I've, true. I've never realized that. And of course, Klopp, Klopp yeah. right now, he's idolized, he's, absolutely he's idolized. He's the perfect man on the perfect place. And, uh, now a bit struggling, but give him a bit of time, he will bring Liverpool back to the, uh, to the top. Absolutely. What was your first impressions <coughs> of a young Steven Gerrard? Yeah, you could see how good he is. Did you think, wow, this yeah, guy is special? He's, he's special because in this age, uh, I can't remember a player like him. Uh, of course, he had to learn a lot because in the beginning he had too many records because he was <laughs> fighting with everyone and uh, also to handle his uh, fitness to because he he was full speed or nothing full speed or nothing so he had to learn hey there's something in between um, and the way he went uh, unbelievable and uh, fantastic player uh, the only sad thing for him is that he couldn't win the league with liverpool because he, he really deserved it yeah be honest with me when they're on the pitch and they're shouting to you, him or Carragher or even Fowler, though he's much further up, could you understand what they were saying? Yeah, after a while you understand what they mean. I, I, couldn't, uh, <laughs> I couldn't talk to them. Yeah? Or if you, they were talking to me about normal things, I couldn't understand a word. You know, Let alone because, shouting yeah. at you. But if you, if you in the, after half a year, after a year, if they were talking about football with me, I could understand what they okay. mean. But it's, uh, tough to, 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 yeah, to, you have to be concentrated to understand what he means. Um, it was a great start to your time at Liverpool, but then everything came crashing down because of your illness. I don't know much about it, to tell the truth. I'm not a medical professional, but yeah. what exactly is it that affected you for, for so long? Yeah, your nerves don't put uh, uh, impulse to, to your muscles. So your muscles are not working anymore because they don't get the information from the nerves and uh, yeah, get till to the uh, breeze muscle because even then, uh, so they woke me up every two hours in the hospital to have to breathe that they see, okay, the, really? the, the volume, volume is still there. Um, yeah, it was a tough time because uh, 
I love to play for Liverpool and then uh, you can't play anymore. And that was really hard and I never came back, you know, because um, the, I was standing still. I was by zero and the rest was by 100%. And to come to this area again, this is really hard work and, and very tough for, for your head. And um, yeah, I, I couldn't do it. I, I could do it for, for the Bundesliga, yes, but Premier League is a different story. Um, there was too much for me. When did you realize something was wrong though? How do you pronounce it? Guillain Barre? Guillain Barre syndrome. Guillain -Barre syndrome. Yeah, I had an infection before and this is, a, a, this is normal for this illness. Do you have an infection before and then starts uh, with this illness and yeah, uh, started to I, my fingers, I, I had no feeling anymore in my fingers, even my toes. I, 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 couldn't feel anything anymore. So if I was sitting in a chair, so I had to push me up because I couldn't understand like normally. Yeah? I couldn't do it anymore. And then uh, starts to, I was joking. I said to, to the guys in Liverpool, listen, is, there's something wrong with me. Um, yeah, have a little joke. Maybe you have a muscle pain. I said, no, it's not a muscle pain. It's just, there's something wrong. Uh, I was joking and I, yeah. I was nearly walking and my heartbeat was by, I don't know, 180. I said, hey, listen, this is not normal. Let me go to Germany. Let me check in, in Germany because uh, there's, this is not normal. Yeah? And I had luck. Didi Hamann told me, he said, uh, Marcus, I have a professor. Uh, uh, he's quite good in, with, with nerve things. And then I started thinking because we had Do Dr. Müller-Wolfert, one of the, the biggest uh, uh, doctors ever and um, I said, nah, this is, this is nothing, had nothing to do with, with my knees or with my ankles because he's specialist about this or with the muscles, there's something different. And I said, okay. I called him, I said, yeah, yeah, you can come next day. So went to him. I was explaining him 30 seconds. He said, yeah, you can stay here. You have Guillaume He knew straight away. I said, yeah, what's that mean? Yeah, you get now three days. Um, three days, 24 hours, antibodies in your body. Because the problem is, your body is producing antibodies against this virus. Mm. So the virus is gone, but they don't realize to stop it. So, and this goes on your nerves and uh, your muscles don't get imposed anymore. And, so they, and I had luck because the three days for 24 hours, got the antibodies in my body and they say, now we have to hope that your body recognize that can, he, they can stop now. He can stop now. And I had luck and um, he stopped, but, uh, but still was a long way to go to go back as a professional. Yeah. You ended up going on loan to Blackburn when you did make a recovery. Why didn't you stay in Liverpool? Um, I, I had really problems with Shara uh, uh, Hollier. Ah, okay. So, um, he was top coach and uh, he passed away, very sad. But um, he couldn't handle if someone is injured. And uh, yeah, but for everyone was difficult, you know. I haven't heard this illness before. Um, I think it was only one player in, he was playing for Celtic. He had the same like me, but that's it. And. Uh, so for them was a was a big problem. For me was a big problem. I was not prepared mentally uh, because I was thinking, okay, I'm back, so now I, I I can start again. And 
and he saw no I, you're not good enough at the moment yeah you have to train more and and we both did mistakes and so we we, we had a crash and uh, we couldn't kid it anymore so that was the reason why I went then to Blackburn for on loan to to play uh, a season and yeah, it was it was important for me but yeah Blackburn is Blackburn. wasn't Yeah, <laughs> yeah wasn't but wasn't my team to be fair. Uh, but there was some there was some amazing players. Oh, I, the team was top. Yeah, but uh, we played a really bad style of football and uh, the, the typical English football. And it wasn't me. You know, the, mm. I always played for teams who uh, played football, run the ball, positioning, and, and yeah, always long balls, long balls, and wasn't my wasn't my game, um, but good fun, yeah, with the, with the boys. It yeah, because was funny. Dwight York, Andy Cole, uh, Barry Ferguson, uh, two guys, two, two guy, Brad yeah. Friedel, Brad, Brad Friedel, Emerton, yeah, yeah. Uh, Lucas Neal, Lucas Neal, yeah, yeah. We had a good fun there. Yeah, 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 yeah I can yeah, imagine that. That was that was funny. We were better outside the pitch than off the pitch. <laughs> did uh, did York and Cole give you any stick for '99? No, no, nothing. No. The only funny thing was we played, I don't know, uh, you say it in England, uh, Rondo. The Rondo, yeah, the, so it's the like the Five circle. against two, yeah. or six against two. And this time I was, I don't know, 31 or 32? 31. 30-31. I had to go in the middle because I was the youngest. <laughs> really? <laughs> when we started, yeah, yeah. Wow. That was funny. I said, hey, okay. I'm at an age now. Normally it's not possible to get in the middle when we start. But I was in the middle, bit 30, because I was the youngest. Yeah, some real veterans <laughs> on that side. Real, I mean, Brad kept on playing until he was, what, 42, yeah, 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 43 yeah, yeah. or something yeah, yeah. like that. It's we sometimes do a bit of work with him, but all, yeah, yeah. all top via... Guy. Top guy, yeah. top guy. All via Zoom, though, I haven't actually met him in person. Um, looking back at your time in England, how do you view it? Because you had the success of Liverpool when you first joined, but then your illness came about, and then you ended up at a club where the style of football didn't fit you. How do you reflect? Uh, the best decision what I can make. Because even if I only played one season for Liverpool, it was the best time in my life. And um, I enjoyed it so much. I enjoyed the club. I enjoyed the city. I enjoyed uh, the team. I enjoyed the, the, the supporters, the people in, in, in the city. This is so a lovely city. Uh, it's so, so a great enjoyment uh, there. And that's the reason why Liverpool is special for me. It's a special club, and it's still in, so strong in my heart. And even I played only one season. Yeah, Stuttgart, Stuttgart came about. So were you looking to go back home to Germany? Yeah, for me it was clear. If I want to play on a really good level, I have to leave uh, England um, because it was clear there's no way back to in Liverpool. So. Uh, I have to go back to the Bundesliga and then came Stuttgart. Yeah? And Stuttgart is a, a traditional club. Um, in the beginning I had really problems because they hate Bayern Munich. And for them I was still a Bayern Munich player. So the supporters, they, they were shouting me yeah? really badly. And I said, okay, I have to show them. I have to bring a performance that they, they say, okay, hey, bubble maybe is okay. because." Thomas Strunz, he was also playing for Stuttgart and he did uh, a stupid mistake for all other Bayern Munich players who going to Stuttgart. Yeah. He said the best thing on Stuttgart is the motorway to Munich. 
So oh. it didn't help me or it didn't help any other Bayern player who was playing for, for VfB Stuttgart because they said, oh, they're all arrogant and uh, what they're doing here. And I showed a performance and in the end, they really liked me. Well, you won the title, which we, which we discussed earlier. You also said that was your last game. When did you realize it was time to say, okay, yeah. hang up my boots? In this season, because there was a young centre-back and I, I was in front of him, but I could see him in, 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 in training and, and I said, oh, he is good, he is good. And then I, I start, or I had the feeling uh, he has exactly what I don't have. He's hungry. Mm. I'm not hungry anymore. And I only played in this season two games. And uh, uh, the manager said to me, Marcus, uh, come in my office, please. Uh, listen, yeah, you're not good enough anymore. And now I have two options. I kick you out or help that we have success. Mm. And I said, oop. You're very, very honest to me, um, but if this, uh, if this is your opinion, I have to accept. And look, I'm not a professional only if it's in a good way. I'm only a professional if it's bad for me. Um, I stay and uh, I help. Of course I help because I like, I like the team, I like this club. So no problem. And that was the reason why he took me then as assistant, because he, he was watching me, because he was scared about me. He, he, he didn't know how I react because I was the yeah the, the famous player in, yeah. in this team, and he was watching me and I trained normal, took the young players to me and say, especially this 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 young kid uh, who, who who took my position, and then said, uh, do you know this striker? Uh, no, I said listen, be careful, he's he's fast, drop a bit earlier than him. Because if you have two, two or three meters in front of you, he can't pass yeah. you. Or he's good in the air. Jump a bit earlier than him, then you win the, the header. Anticipation. Anticipa yeah, and, and it's, it's very simple. If the ball is coming in the air, you have to jump the millisecond before the striker is jumping. Because then you are higher and you will win the, the, the challenge. It's normal. I, I told him all the stories, you know, all, all my experience yeah. I was telling him. And also to the others, that was the good thing. We were four, five, four, five older guys, and we all played no rule. In, 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 we were not playing uh, regular. We were on the bench. That's it. But were, the young ones were listening to me. We were talking about Mario Gomez, Sammy Kedira, uh, Timo Hildebrand, uh, Zeta Taski. Yeah, also a nice wow. national team player. So they were listening to us, and there was we had an unbelievable team spirit. Because the young ones were listening to the older ones, they had respect for us. Even we were not playing, but they still had respect for us. And we had a dynamic in our team. It was unbelievable. We had the perfect coach uh, uh, for, for this, and that was the reason why we won the title. It's amazing, an amazing story, and great way to finish your playing career. You headed into management. You started off as an assistant, didn't you? Yeah. Do you think your role and how you helped to? advise the team like you just told me put you in a good position i think for the for the for the manager was top you know because it was him and his main assistant but they trusted me yeah because i was a player i was playing together with them so uh, if if someone had problems and they didn't want to talk to someone else uh, 
or to the assistant or to the main coach, he came to me and he said, my grandma died. I said, listen, the coach has to know it. So we are thinking, uh, what, what's going on in training? You're so bad. Mm. Of course you're bad because you're not clear in your head. Of course. Yeah. I have to, let me, I sold it out. I talked to the coach yeah. and tell him, explain him what's, what's happened. Or like, like these little things, you know, and, and I knew I have to, so they told me also, hey, we went out, we had many drinks and uh, girls were there. So I didn't tell this to the coach. He said, of course, I don't do this. You know, I'm not stupid because uh, I want to have a good relationship with the players. Trust. The trust. But if something is important for the head coach, I said, listen, I have to tell him this because he has to know it because then he's seeing you in a different way. So and this, uh, that was, I think, was an important part uh, what I did uh, with the boys and, um, and also for, for the head coach. And, yeah, and then... Uh, after I think one and a half year, uh, it changed. You got the job. Yeah. And then you, what was it? I, I noted it down, third place, five points off the top as well. Getting a Champions League football, got the contract, it was going well. But after that, what happened? Uh, you mean the, uh, if I was a head coach? When you were the head coach, yeah. when you became the head coach? First, uh, because the, 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 the manager or the sports director of the club was my neighbor. He was neighbor. even, even uh, I was playing together with him. Yeah. So we had a good relationship. Um, and one night he said to me, listen, uh, keep your phone on because maybe something will happen. I said, hey, relax yourself. Okay, we lost against Wolfsburg, but hey, it's not so dramatically. So three o'clock in the morning, he called me. So I jumped over the balcony to his balcony, so walked in and said, uh, I said, oh, you sacked the, you sacked the head coach? I said, yeah, yeah. And yeah, you have to do it. I said, okay. Who is, who is, but I have to talk first with the head coach because I don't want this that uh, he thinks I was just uh, looking yeah. for his job. I, I'm not doing it. If he's not happy, I, I don't do it. Listen, don't worry. He said, take him. He advised Yeah, him. he advised okay. them to, to take me. I said, oh, yeah, okay, then it's a different story. And then uh, who is the assistant? He was. He came also because he was. He was scouting this time. Uh, he came from a, a game, three o'clock in the morning or half half three in the morning. Came and said, uh, "Okay, we changed something. Armin is done, and Mark is doing." And, ah, okay, with you. So, then I was talking to him. What we are doing tomorrow? <laughs> because I was a bit nervous then. Yeah. Uh, and then we started. Yeah. And, and to be fair, not too bad. Very well, very well. Though, but you did leave the club. What happened? What, what led to... The problem was I didn't have the, the, the main license. So I had to do the main license. And uh, this is what I don't understand in German uh, Football Federation. Um, so I was very successful. So we were 11th on the 11th place. We finished third. We nearly got the championship. Yeah, you're five points uh, off and I you tell got you, Champions if, League football. If the season goes two, three games longer, we win it. So we were only three points behind. and um, But I had to do my license. Yeah. The biggest problem was, now after this, uh, after I think I did it for seven months, I was tired. Mm. I was really tired. And I went to holiday for five days and then I had to start with the, with the school. So only five days holiday, and then I start with school. And 
you have to understand the, the system is like, uh, so we started training again and start the season again, but all the time, every Monday till Wednesday, I had to go to Cologne. You were still studying. I had to study and the most important days is the Tuesday and the Wednesday in a, in a, uh, if you have a, a whole week yeah. you know, because the, you can do a lot Thursday, Friday, the training intensity is going uh, down and I had no feeling for the team anymore. I, I didn't know is he in form, is he not in form because I didn't see it. <clears throat> I had to trust what the assistants are telling me but uh, it's very difficult to if you don't see it by yourself. Um, so the how it, uh, how it is, so the results were not there, so um, I had to leave, um, but in a, in a really good way, really mm. good way, still the, uh, have a good relationship with them and um, yeah, and then uh, finished my, my school, so got the license and then I went to Berlin. The, uh, promotion? Promotion, yeah, they went down in the second division and uh, I brought them up in the first division, but there was uh, that was uh, one of my worst experience I ever did. The, the team what I had was unbelievable. Oh, I loved the team because we were, we were one. But around me, um, with the sports director, with the president, with many other guys, uh, the worst experience I ever did in my life. They were lying to me. They were never be honest to me. Um, it was a really a nightmare to work with them together and uh, especially if you if you can't work with your sports director it is a disaster mm. and he promised me things then uh, then he can't remember that he said it uh, say yes or no what is so difficult on this yeah can we do this no okay i understand can we do this yes okay then but then i expect hey it will happen mm. and it was a, a nightmare with him with this person and um yeah, and then they wanted that I sign a new contract, and I said, no. <laughs> you, you said you were going to leave. You even announced it, didn't you, yeah, at the end yeah, of the season? Yeah, I, I, I said to them, listen, because they were asking me 10 times, 15 times, the, all the papers were, I said to my agent, listen, I, I have to tell him now, because I'm an honest guy. I, I don't, I, I, had, I, I've, I had my decision made, and I have to let them know, you know, because I think it is unfair if, if I wait till February, March. Uh, uh, no, I know it now. It's, it's November, December. I think it was beginning of December. I know it now. I'm not signing a new contract. Oh, and then uh, it wasn't good for me. Yeah. Then you were at Hoffenheim and uh, we've seen you in Switzerland and Australia. I want to ask more, but my time is running out. So I'll end it with this. Are you still looking to get back into management? No. Um, I, I would say to 98% I'm not a manager anymore because uh, my little one, she's nearly seven, she's uh, telling me now that I don't want to move anymore. So she, she came to the first class, she's, she came to school now. So I had, because in, in Germany to get a job is very difficult and um, um, I, so I had to go again to a foreign country and I don't want this anymore. Yeah. I want to stay with my family and um, that is Look, if an unbelievable club is coming, then I would think about it. If, uh, yeah, this is the only reason would I, if I say, okay, sports, this is so good, darling, hey, I want to do this because it was always a dream to, to manage Liverpool. So I can't say I'm not be a manager anymore, Liverpool is coming, of course I would do it. It's normal, but it will not come. Okay. They have a top manager. You, you never know. <laughs> you never, ever know. 
comes the time when maybe Jurgen Klopp will want to step away from there. Uh, I could ask this though, Euro 96. I've stayed away from the international talk, but what an achievement that was in England as well. That, was, that must have been right up there. I know you said you, your ultimate dream was the Champions League above the World Cup and the Euros, but you still won the Euros. Yeah. You still have that in your cabinet. Two, wherever two, you two your Euro Leagues, you think is one Champions League, huh? Yeah, you were, yeah. I mean, I'm, Maybe two different clubs. Yes. I'm that very is proud true. about this. That is two true. Two different clubs. That is true as well. There's a lot for your career to be proud of. But what memories do you, do you have from Euro 96? Um, yeah. It was a strange situation because in the in the papers with the, with the supporters there there were nothing expecting they were saying okay if we if we come through the, the group stage it would be fantastic and last time i was watching the squad what we had only top class players yeah. if you see the, the lineup because i i was normally if if nothing goes wrong i i'm sitting on the bench jürgen kohler was he was world champ he was playing on my position thomas helmer matthias sammer uh, uh, Jürgen Klinsmann, Thomas Hessler, Andy Möller, uh, Christian Siege, unbelievable players were in, the, in this team. And, and the supporters were like, okay, if we can come through the next stage, it would be fantastic. No one was expecting that we win the title. And we had an unbelievable team spirit that, that because we had four guys that were the leaders and the rest was the soldiers. And we were soldiers, mm. trust me. We were, oh, we walked through. And we had the perfect coach with Betty Fox. He was listening to them. And hey, we had a dynamic in the, in the team was unbelievable. Yeah. You yeah. can't stop us. Yeah, I can remember vividly memories of watching Germany Not, during that period. Football-wise, there were other teams. They were also strong. But we were mentally so strong. And I think that was the key to win the title because we were mentally unbelievable. Yeah. I think I know why you've got such a good mentality is because you love your music, you love your rock music. It keeps you driven forward, which is why today I'm wearing this. Usually I just wear a blank it's shirt. It's only nothing. rock and roll, but it's, I like it. Yeah, well, there you go. Metallica, just for you. Marcus Thank you Dabble. very much. Thank you for the conversation. Thank you. I really enjoyed it.